0: To the Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic News Radio. We will be drafting news radio episodes into units with a common theme. In Part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In Part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who preferred the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil.
1: Hello fellow WNYXicans, I'm Thaddeus and I will be today's host. I'm here with Livin' La Vida Loca Tommy. Hola and she studied she graduated let it go live a little lauren that's <laughs> <Best> me <laughs> this episode movie star is the first of our bill bastick unit of episodes we had originally scheduled this episode's recording later in the unit but after the recent passing of james khan we felt recognizing him for his appearance would be a great way to honor him and his career we will discuss james khan a little more in depth in part b of this episode But now, Lauren is going to kick it off with our Agent Zero Pew Pew Plot Synopsis.
2: All right. Movie Star was season three, episode eight. It aired on November 20th, 1996, which was a Wednesday. James Kahn pays a visit to WNYX to observe Bill in preparation for an upcoming movie about a radio broadcaster. Bill's thunder is inadvertently stolen by Matthew, who captures Mr. Kahn's attention by being his usual self. Dave takes Lisa to pick out a TV for her apartment. Lisa is initially against the idea, but upon discovering C-SPAN 2, she decides she does want a TV after all. And Mr. James has an extra ticket to the Knicks game and both Catherine and Beth compete to attend the game. Mr. James is able to arrange for both of them to come with him, only for the two women to be embarrassed when Jimmy reveals himself as a super fan.
1: <laughs> that was really detailed, was yes. This week really detailed.
2: There's a lot going on. We got three storylines in this episode, so three there's a lot going on
1: here. Lines, yeah. That is true. Yep. Full indeed. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, now, we've set up a few categories and games that I, as host supreme, will award arbitrary ABSA points to the contestants for their answers and arguments. At the end of part A, I will award one lucky contestant our episode's ABSA award for excellence in this podcast. So let's get started.
3: Okay. Wait, wait. Wait. Uh- is is host supreme? Does that mean you come with like bacon, lettuce, and tomato? <laughs>
1: <laughs> depends on what kind of picnic it is, I guess. Okay, all right. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, you see sour cream is in there somewhere.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, round one: abs of fever. Uh, Tom is going to go first for us this week and our first category is what scene would you show to a new person? So Tom, what scene would you show to a new person? Uh, I would go with
3: the scene right after the uh, opening credits, the, the meeting um, and then going to the point where James Caan comes in and ending with okay. uh, who's the spaz? That If you <laughs> take that all as one scene, and I think you can the camera never leaves that, that area really um, that's that's the uh opening uh you get the great matthew with the avagoda note that lisa reads um (laughs) yeah yeah. and and then the interactions between um bill and james Conn and then james Con and matthew like all together that's the most complete scene i think
1: all right, all right. Obviously, that's, um, I mean, starting with the meeting and rolling the James Conn is definitely a great way for that episode to get started. Um, so, and you do get all the interactions in there. All right. Lauren, what was the scene that you would show to a new person?
2: I'm going to go with the basketball quiz scene. Okay. Um, I feel like there's just so much subtext there. And we don't often see Beth and Catherine going up against each other. Well, That's true. That's, that's pretty unusual. And um, the questions, just the way they're very much geared towards Joe trying to get under Catherine's skin, is like this whole other storyline that's playing out underneath the storyline that um, you wouldn't really understand unless you knew sort of the whole dynamics of the show. That's true. Uh, but um, it would be interesting to see if a new person would pick up on that
1: yeah i think that's it it, the scene it almost gets split uh and that's kind of the problem is like because both sides are funny (laughs) you know that's that's kind of like the trouble that you have there uh but both both parts are obviously hilarious as far as joe asking the questions and (laughs) and getting the answers all right uh tom what is another scene that you would show to a new person uh i
3: would show the uh bill and james con just kind of watching matthew and then James Conn finally just yep. stops Bill and goes over and talks to Matthew. <laughs> yeah. um, Cause Matthew's just doing this great physical comedy and, and yeah. just the reactions and like, you know, you gotta wonder what makes a guy <laughs> like that tick. And he like, he doesn't care about, you know, anybody else. But like Matthew is his muse, you know? So that, that to me is uh, the next, next one. I, I, I did have the basketball quiz as my, my number two. So that was a good pick.
1: Yeah, I, um, all I see is, is the scissors and the teabag hanging <laughs> from his mouth, and I'm just like, I don't even know how you do that for right. the sake of comedy. I don't even know how you, like, how you you, like, you basically have to be Andy Dick or Matthew to even pull that off for, for television, to stage it. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's definitely a good pick right there. All right, Lauren, what is the second scene that you would show to a new person?
2: OK, so I'm going to go with the TV store scene that starts with Dave wearing some sort of goggles hooked up to a camcorder yep. and then ends with the line, I cannot help you if you will not listen. <laughs> that whole scene uh, is really great Dave and Lisa banter. And I feel like we get a little insight into the young lives of both characters, which I always love. Um, but, that yeah, is it's true. a lot of that very classic Dave-Lisa chemistry.
1: That's a good one. Oh, right, yeah, that is a good scene, and I'm sure we're going to talk more <laughs> about that scene as we go on. All right, yeah. uh, on my list I, have, as well. I have Lauren edging out Tom for this round, but just edging him out. So we're going to go to round two, where Lauren is going to go first, and that is what quote is most usable or you would want to use in real life?
2: Okay, I'm going with, I'm sorry to hear about that. But uh, sounds like none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> there is something okay. about me that makes people want to overshare their personal information. I don't know what it is. It's a vibe I give off or something. And normally I'm a very good listener. I don't mind. But like it happens on public transit with total strangers too. And I feel like this is a line I need to bust out to. Put a stop to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. See, so you, you get a point for for using the guest stars' lines as one of the quotables, but I'm not sure if you're as intimidating as James Kahn. So, like, no. we're going to recommend a little bit of caution right here.
3: I, um, I think now would be a good time to bring up a growth that I have that I've been meaning
1: to tell someone about.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I believe our WebMD podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at that point, you can get the help that you need. Please, get the help you need. Um, All right, so that, that's a good choice right there. Obviously, had yeah, definitely usable in real life. Definitely scenarios where busting that on somebody could have the desired effect, getting them to back <laughs> off. Tom, what is a quote that you find most usable or want to use in real life?
3: Uh, I think it's a combination of, of very usable and very funny, and, and Lauren mentioned it earlier. I cannot help you if you will not listen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was number one on my list. I think that's <laughs> fantastic choice. And there's there's so that. many
3: arguments that, that come up throughout a day or a week or whatever that that line can apply to, so it's perfect.
1: Yeah, I I really was, I'm like, how, how, I'm very surprised that Lauren didn't go with that line first. All right, but apparently she gets bothered on the bus a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. lot. Uh, All right, Lauren, what is another quote you found most usable you'd want to use in real life from this episode?
2: One I actually use, but it doesn't always make sense, is there's no partial credit, baby. With me, it's all or nothing. It's just it's just this word association thing that I can't stop in my brain. So anytime I hear someone say partial credit, it comes into my brain and I have to try so hard to not say this. And sometimes it just comes out. Like,
1: I cannot picture a scenario where you actually say it, but I 100% believe that it's happened on multiple occasions. <laughs> that multiple times you have actually said it with that tone and people have been looking at you like
2: what
1: <laughs> that is a very good pick and very interesting information that we now know about lauren
2: now it's out in the world i can't put it back in <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay um all right tom what is the second quote that you found most usable or you'd want to use in real life from this episode
3: Forces of good and evil are constantly at war for my soul. Which I would respond to a bartender if they asked me if I needed another drink. Nice.
1: <laughs> Very yes. nice. Very appropriate. Okay. I am going to score this round a tie, which is unexpected, but still happens. So, we are going to move on to the third category. All right, what gag or bit had the biggest impact on the episode? And Tom, you're up first. Um,
3: mine is the, the fascination that James Conn has with Matthews acting like a spaz. And, and Matthews acting like a spaz. If you can take those in combination, it's kind of the same. It's basically two sides of the same gag. Uh, that's, that's what had the biggest uh, effect on the episode. That's, that's the A story.
1: Okay, yeah, absolutely. The the fascination he has with Matthew is definitely one of the funnier parts. And the more fascinated he is, is the more Matthew goes. (laughs) Right. Um, Lauren, what gag or bit did you think had the biggest impact on the episode? Um,
2: I'm going to go with the gag of Jimmy continually asking Matthew to fetch the ball in the cold open, okay. like he's a dog or something, and the way Matthew just does it, culminating with him you know, jumping through the broken window to retrieve the ball from Dave, <laughs> Dave's office, which um, he could have just used the door. That part was probably a little over the top, but the humor for me comes from Jimmy just saying, Matthew, and then Matthew just scurries off to fetch the ball. Like, they've done this before or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well trained. Well trained. Well trained. OK, good. Um, All right, I'm awarding this round to Tom, which gives us a two to two tie uh, as far as rounds go going into the second half of these categories. So uh, our next category is the coolest detail in the episode a nice adequate touch and Lauren you are going first on this one What was something you found to be a nice adequate touch.
2: I thought it was a nice touch the way Beth selects her cards in the basketball quiz scene. Okay. She flicks the first one, and then the second one she taps with her toe. Yes. It's just such a Beth thing. Like nobody else would have made those choices. You know. Yes. Um, I thought it added humor to the scene, and uh, just just felt like a news radio moment. Very good. I like that.
1: Okay. Tom. Uh, I I like the fact that Bill. <laughs>
3: um, when James Khan comes in he starts bothering people that are randos in the office about like and, and start giving him nonsense ex- <laughs> stuff but the, the last one is he goes to the guy that's installing the glass that has just been broken he's replacing that glass and he's like jake when are you going to get me that pulitzer <laughs> yeah. jake is definitely not going to get anyone that pulitzer ever
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yes. and the guy just looks at him like what the hell that's right and I was like, what is James Conn thinking right now? <laughs> what does he have going on? And,
3: and and the fact that he's like very prominent in the background uh during the, the conference scene. So you, yes. you, you've already seen him and it does like, well. like where does this guy come from? Like, no. You know exactly what that guy's there for.
1: <laughs> yeah. There is absolutely no mistaking him for somebody who actually works <laughs> right. for the media section. Right. Of that, like like that Nikki. organization. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right, I've got to give it to Tom, especially because he called out the man and the uh, working behind them during the, the staff meeting. I, I picked that out as well, so that's a great little catch. Right now, Tom is ahead three to two, and we're going to the next category. So, our best episode Enigma. All right, what was one of the best questions that we don't have an answer to from this episode? And, Tom, you were going first. Okay, uh, my question is uh what kind of athletic
3: prowess does matthew have because jimmy first throws the ball past him he runs to the hallway you see him run to the hallway get it and then he brings it back in what seems like a reasonable amount of time then (laughs) jimmy just throws the ball past him it doesn't follow the ball but it's at some velocity so it's probably gone back to the hallway in less than three, in three seconds, he's already handing the ball back to Jimmy. He's out of frame. You never see him come back in frame. So he's gone around the other desk, and he's handing the ball back to Jimmy. And it's like, there, it does not make any sense, the amount of time. So he must, either Matthew is really, really fast, like the Flash, or Jimmy has some kind of Mjolnir type of, like Thor Mjolnir relationship with the ball.
1: All right. Interesting. But yeah, very, uh, very underrated. I definitely did not notice how quickly Matthew was able to be the retriever in that situation. Great. Watch it again. It's nuts. (laughs) My my dogs are hungry. Uh, Okay, Lauren, what was the best episode of Enigma that you found?
2: So this episode airs well after the episode Smoking, where it was established that there was to be no more smoking in the office. Yes. Yet we see Bill smoke a pipe in front of James Conn, and Joe smoke a cigar during the basketball trivia scene. Do people just wait for Dave to leave the office and then light up? Is that what happens every time Dave has to leave for a dentist appointment or whatever? Ladies, just ladies smoking and gentlemen, away. the
3: smoking lamp is lit. <laughs>
1: All right, I think that's a, that's a great catch, and and the fact that Joe is smoking in Dave's office, yeah, mm-hmm. is just like the balls on this guy and a, like
2: cigar.
1: a cigar, a cigar, a cigar. A cigar. That smell. in a confined that's area, lost. no, terrible. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So I'm Lauren's gonna win this round. Yeah, that's a better. All right, and we are course. now tied again, three to three. So uh, yeah, great question. I was wondering the same thing. I'm just like, man, the balls on this guy. <laughs> Joe Rogan acting up. Who would have thought? Who would imagine? Okay. Stunner. Uh, Moving on to our next category. All right. Uh, The Bill, I Stole Your Cane keepsakes. What item would you take from the set of the episode to display or wear? And Lauren, you were up first. What is a keepsake that you would take from this episode?
2: I want the video headset Dave is wearing in the TV store. I think that thing's like a relic now. I mean, I'm sure they don't make anything like that anymore. And um, just put it on display and say, Dave Foley's head was in that, exactly. you know? <laughs> I, I
1: think that's a good choice. I mean, yeah, now they're called VR goggles and they do more than... And they and they don't
2: look like that. No. <laughs> no.
1: And they're not wired into a camera anywhere
2: either. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right. Uh, Tom, what is a keepsake that you would take from this? I,
3: I would take Jimmy James' uh, super fan bodysuit <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, along yes. with the, the, you know, the top piece i guess the beanie yeah <laughs> the, which which looked very awkward with the glasses like when he,
1: when he finally oh, puts the glass on it's weird but, uh yeah that that's hilarious that was great yeah the bodysuit the super bodysuit good choice good choice with the with the tape just peeled peeling
3: off yeah, of it, it's like red electrical so tape that says like
1: <laughs> super fan and it's i'm like is this poorly made or does he wear it that often another question like i just throw my questions in here now (laughs) okay um lauren what was another item that you would take from the set
2: um i think i want the basketball trivia cards mostly because i want to see if joe just had his lines written on there there's clearly something really written on them. like and you can see some of them have something on the back so I just want to see what's written on there. What's the deal with that?
1: It's a good pick. That was
2: also on my list.
1: All right. And Tom, what
3: about you? Uh, I want the note from Abe Vigoda that he wrote to Matthews,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Complete Get, with Matthew's vomit. Complete with a little bit of Matthew's yeah.
1: That's tough. I'm going to push this. This is another tie. I have to, I'm like, oh, that's such a good one, Tom. <laughs> so we're going to go 4-4 four, four into the last question of this uh, round, this part of the round. So, the MVP or runner-up of the episode. Uh, Tom, who was your MVP of the episode? James Khan James Khan Okay. Lauren, who was your MVP? Matthew. All right. We got two different MVPs, so we're going to hear the arguments. Let's get it out. <laughs> uh, Tom, you were up first.
3: Uh, my MVP is James Khan because I think it's, it's uh, difficult for somebody to come in and perform at such a high level as a guest star. It's just... Uh, okay. you don't often see that um, and he's really carrying a lot of the episode I mean he's doing so much of the reacting to Bill which is normally something that like it's Dave or Lisa or you know that's that's somebody somebody that's a major player on the show has to do or, or Catherine you know he's doing that then he's also reacting to Matthew which you know hey it's kind of easy because Matthew's being ridiculous but he's, yeah. he's also keeping it grounded at the same time uh, so for me he's my
1: MVP all right, that's a great answer. Tough to follow up, Lauren. Tough to follow up.
2: <laughs> All right, <laughs> Lauren, good. So, for me, Matthew's the MVP because we get just absolutely epic Matthew weirdness in this episode. And his physical comedy is fantastic. He has some brilliant line reads. The way he gets real close with James Caan at the end after he's thrown his glasses off his face made me physically uncomfortable. And it was like Andy Dick was standing in my personal space. And I think to elicit that type of audience reaction takes some real talent. And when I think of this episode, all I think of is Matthew with the scissors hanging out of his mouth, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I think it's Matthew. Oh, man, this is
1: this is really, tough. really that, tough. Matthew was my runner-up, so that's... Yeah, that's this is, it's tough. I'm, Lauren gave me one extra detail that I'm going to have to give the round to her and have works going in 5-4 with Lauren leading. But, like, those are two great answers. I'd like to thank both contestants because those are two great answers. This episode is brought to you by Hats by Beth. Remember... They're not Mushmouth hats. They're Donald hats. Hats by bath. All right. That completes our Abs of Fever round. So right now, while I tally up the points, Lauren is going to give us the Freakzilla report. Straight from the message boards, all the best and worst reactions to this episode at the time that it aired.
2: All right. So, in the days leading up to the airing of Movie Star, the network had been running promos featuring James Caan, and everyone was very excited Oops. about this stunt casting. Uh, someone who went by the name Bug said they understood why NBC would want to advertise the crap out of this episode, but they wished it could have been a surprise when James Caan showed up on screen, mm-hmm. which might have been, been kind of cool for the, sure. the fans. Yeah. Um, They thought that would have made the episode more fun, but I agree the whole point of stunt casting is to get more people to watch, right? Right. So you have to advertise. That's the only way that works. Um, Friend of the podcast, Tavy was tickled by the references to Green Acres. She remembered Dave Foley citing it as one of his favorite shows in a Rolling Stone article from his Kids in the Hall days. Nice. So she thought that was great that that reference made it onto the show. She also said she had never actually seen an episode of Green Acres. Same here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh,
1: Missing Out. Classic, yeah. classic uh, so guess, Nick yeah. at Night. Classic yeah. Nick at Night. Okay.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, someone named Bill Baldwin came to the message boards and created his first ever post after the airing of this episode, only to say... He didn't really enjoy it. He thought James Conn wasn't funny. His interactions with Matthew were funny only because Matthew was funny, and his interactions with Bill actually made Bill unfunny. He wished they had cut the whole storyline and gave more time to Joe quizzing Beth and Catherine on basketball facts. Everyone else in the thread seemed to really enjoy the James Conn storyline, so they completely ignored Bill Baldwin and carried (laughs) on talking about green acres and happy days, and that thread was actually the longest I've ever seen so far. It went on nice. for 14 days. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay, hot
3: take. That was actually Billy Baldwin, and he has some kind of feud <laughs> with James Caan, <laughs> and that's why he went on and created a, a, a username.
1: Conspiracy times
2: <laughs> This theory has legs. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, there were several comments from people who thought it was really funny to see Matthew, quote, flossing with a tea bag and i gotta notice that thad said the same thing i had to go back and watch that scene again because i have always thought he was flossing with dental floss that was just not detached (laughs) from the dispenser so i didn't know why so many people in the 90s thought it was a string of a tea bag um so thad you think tea bag
1: yeah he's got it's got the tea bag on one side and the scissors on the other
2: but then when James Conn comes up and tries to shake his hand, he gets the floss on his hand and he pulls away. It's very long. I've never right. seen a tea Teabags bag with a like, string that right. long. It's true. I think it was just a square floss dispenser. Tom, what do you think?
3: I I think so too. I like the, the floss dispenser. Matthew doesn't seem to me like he has a lot of hot tea. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he he has his, his personal herbal tea that right. he makes, right? <laughs>
3: fresh fruit smoothies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we may never know the answer unless we get this in like a HD, high def yeah. then we'll be able to to clarify um someone named mark Lipowin posted something that could have been the start of a modern news radio submission back in the 90s he said after the storyline with dave and lisa buying a tv he wanted to see an episode where lisa and dave are both sick and stay home and fight about what to watch on tv all day meanwhile bill is at the office and has declared himself the de facto news director and goes on a major power trip (laughs) so he was writing new storylines back when they still had new storylines coming in (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah nobody knew how to use the internet back then either that's and and no (laughs) no one's heard
3: from this guy since neil created his account right Mm.
4: yeah
2: Good points. We've got all kinds of theories coming out of this Freakzilla report. (laughs) All right. Well, that has been this episode's Freakzilla report.
1: All right. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, Right now, going into the second and final round, Lauren is leading Tom by a score of five rounds to four. So we are going to start our round two, or as we call it, the Marty Party, which is a little more social. It's going to be our Hoodoo Factory versions of Buy or Sell and Would You Rather. So a good Marty Party does not guarantee a coveted Abso Award, except sometimes it does. But it's still anybody's game. Let's go. The first game of round two is called Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective? For this game, contestants will get a statement to either buy as the real deal or sell as the McNeil perspective. The second contestant will have to argue the side not chosen and everyone will score points by making good points in their answers. The first statement is, this episode has to be one of the worst cold opens of the series. So Lauren, you're up first. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me why it's the real deal or the McNeil perspective that this episode has one of the worst cold opens of the series.
2: So I'm going to say um, it is one of the, the worst cold opens. Um, there weren't a lot of actual jokes. It felt sort of flat. The basketball going through the window was extremely predictable. I mean, when do we ever see Dave's blinds up, right? Mm, True. The funniest part was probably Joe's reaction to Jimmy asking him to go to the Knicks game. And that's only funny in retrospect once you figure out that Joe must have already known Jimmy was the super fan. So I'm going to go with yes, this has to be one of the worst cold opens of the series real deal okay real deal all right tom
1: can you tell me why this episode has to be one of the worst cold opens of the series is the mcneil perspective
3: i'm gonna try um <laughs> 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 this is the Mac- mcneil perspective because there's a lot of uh physical comedy with with jimmy throwing the ball to matthew and matthew not catching it um jimmy throwing the ball to to joe and joe not catching it jimmy throwing the ball towards dave and dave not catching it so if you're a big fan of physical humor where somebody doesn't catch something this is among the best (laughs) cold opens ever like there's literally never been another cold open where people have not caught things as much as this one
1: that is true that that is historically correct All right. That was a tough one. Uh, Tommy made a valiant effort, but Lauren is going to take that around. All right. uh, Statement number two. Tommy, we're going to go first here. Mm -hmm. Um, Considering what television was like in the late 90s, Lisa refusing to watch TV makes her an intellectual snob. All right. Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that considering what television was like in the late 90s, Lisa refusing to watch TV makes her an intellectual snob?
3: Uh, this is the real deal. Lisa is an intellectual snob. Um, she is also, this also shows that she is just bad at her job, um, this episode, because she doesn't even know what C-SPAN is. She's a reporter, a journalist, who has and an, reports on politics regularly and does not know what C-SPAN is, which covers the Congress. This It's been around for 18 years at this point. And she doesn't know what it is. So, yeah, she's, she's not only a snob, she is bad at her job. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Prisa, that. that's the real deal. Um, Lauren, can you tell me why it's the McNeil perspective that considering what television was like in the late 90s, Lisa refusing to watch TV makes her an intellectual snob?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is the McNeil perspective, because if you were talking about now, I think the production quality of television has increased so dramatically. Like Some TV shows are the equivalent of producing a short movie every week. Back then, it just wasn't the same level of quality. So I don't think she was totally wrong in being like, eh, I'm not going to waste my time on this TV. I don't think it makes her necessarily an intellectual snob. It's just she had refined tastes.
3: Are we doing a podcast right now about a show from the late 90s? Yes or no?
2: (laughs) You should have heard my answer for the real deal.
1: (laughs) And we will never get the chance. Tom wins that round. So, (laughs) going to question three for Lauren. Um, All right, Lauren, is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that Beth knows more about basketball than any other major sport?
2: I think it's the real deal, but I also think the bar is very low. So to say she knows more about basketball than any other major sport doesn't necessarily imply that she knows a lot about basketball, <laughs> just no. more than she knows about the other sports. Correct. But I we never really see her show any interest in sports, and while I think some of what she did was guessing, she did get some answers correct. Um, I think the majority of her knowledge of any kind of sports is more just like, TMZ gossip news about the the sports players, mm. and so um, I think it's safe to assume, probably around that time, there were some NBA stars in the news that she might have heard about, <laughs> like Rod Man Man. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. to mention the guy who spit on a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's
1: <a> <laughs> Rudy. Tom, don't encourage her. (laughs) Okay. Um, Tom, can you please tell me why this was the McNeil perspective, that Beth knows more about basketball than any of the other major sports?
3: Uh, Again, this is an incredibly low bar. Um, Yeah, so she basically has about the same amount of knowledge uh, of basketball as maybe like a five-year-old would. Um, So to say that, like, we just don't know. There's, There's just... Empirically we can't we can't know this. I think she probably knows about as much. I don't think she knows any more. She's heard a couple of these names in the wind. I'm sure she's heard of like Joe Montana, say at this point. You know, might be able to come up with that name, might be able to come up with like somebody on the New York Giants or the New York Mets, Mookie Wilson or somebody who knows. <laughs> That's why it's the McNeil perspective.
1: Okay. Convincing as always. <laughs> Lauren uh, is going to take that round. Uh, I definitely expected some Yankees talk. I mean, when you're in New York and it's the late '90s, I kind of expected that's true. They were winning World Series be, then. You know, it would be that because baseball's on so often that she would know a little bit more about baseball than basketball just because of the exposure. I thought that might come out as an answer or as a, as a possible guess of oh, which she might pay bat. attention to. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh I guess you probably wasn't ideal to be in that commercial either, so. <laughs> We're going to move on to the last statement for our real deal or McNeil. Okay, Tom. Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that James Khan had his agent reach out to Matthew the next week?
3: I'm going to say this is the McNeil perspective mainly because the last interaction they had was being thrown up on by Matthew. And I think that some of, like, no, he doesn't punch him. But I think some of the magic wears off when somebody throws up on you. Just, you know. If it's not your child, I mean, you know, it's like a grown adult. Throws up and it's, no, I'm sorry. he, he No, he's, he's not seeking him out.
1: Okay, yeah, I can't really fault that. Can't fault that logic at all. All right, Lauren, you have to tell me why this is the real deal that James Kahn had his agent reach out to Matthew the next week.
2: Um, Not only did James Kahn have his agent reach out to Matthew the next week, I suspect he had already drafted a screenplay featuring Matthew and was dying to fill in the character backstory based on what makes Matthew tick. (laughs) (laughs) His backstory is cats. (laughs) Of course. I
0: have cats.
1: Okay, so you think, you think that he, he already had a project lined up for Matthew the next week? Yes. Okay. Um, I am actually going to give this round to Tom. Lauren is leading 7-6. <laughs> to six. Um, Our final game for part A of the episode is a would-you-rather game based on ideas or situations related to the episode. We'll have a short discussion about each of the four choices and the bonus consequence. Then everyone, including the host, that's me, will draft from all the choices. Whoever's day sucks the least will win the game and will be awarded six ABSA points. Six. So, here are the choices. Number one, would-you-rather... Spend 3.5 hours in an electronic store with a significant other buying a TV or watch the C-SPAN live channel for
2: eight hours straight. (laughs)
1: Lauren, which one would you go with?
2: Okay. Only assuming if I'm I'm assuming that the C-SPAN one is at least from the comfort of my own home. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with that one. (laughs) Okay. Um, there are a few things I hate more Than spending extra time in a store I, I shop online I don't go to stores I avoid it as much as possible I see three people in a line I leave, I'm done I'm not here for that Three people <laughs> I hate it, absolutely I'm, hate it I can't fault you but yeah, that is a low
1: bar
3: <laughs> Literally Sent thank you letters To Jeff
1: Bezos, I'm sure <laughs> it's, it's, I was literally leaving a full court. One, two, three. Cart's full. Leaving it here. I'm out of the store. Somebody else has a bonus cart.
3: You put this crap away. I'm gone.
1: I hate when this place is crowded. Okay. Uh, That's fair. That's fair, though. I I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Tom, which one would you go with?
3: I am going the other way. Uh, It's only three and a half hours. It's it's a store with electronics, whatever. That can be somewhat interesting i'm with my significant other so it's somebody i can talk to um in in my case my wife uh so you know whatever it's that's not ideal don't get me wrong i don't like shopping that much but eight hours of c-span listening to those <laughs> jerks no I, no I'm sorry I, not on a bet
1: all right i think you guys both have have valid points um I think the fact that I'm getting a TV puts me more towards the first one of going 3.5 hours. And like, I'm coming home with a TV from that experience, no matter what. So, so at least I feel like I'm getting a win. And a well-researched like, TV. A well-researched <laughs> TV. Um, and I think I'm getting a win. But if I had to watch C-SPAN, I'm assuming I'd have to be doing it for work or something like that. Like eight hours of C-SPAN just sounds brutal. Uh, it just sounds absolutely brutal. So... That's how we're going with number one. Okay, number two. <laughs> would you rather uh, be abnormally nervous around a guest slash job shadow in the workplace all day or have a guest slash job shadow in your workplace take an abnormal interest in you all day? Thinking like nephew Theo and Beth. All right. uh, Tom, which one would you go with in these, these two choices here? Um, so I I think I would
3: rather have somebody be abnormally interested in me rather than me be like real nervous around somebody, um, because if, if memory serves. I think Beth got a little some from that experience, so you know.
1: <laughs> <Nice>.
2: <laughs> so your plan is to make out with David Cross. <laughs> well, yeah, I like I that mean, the, or
1: the female <laughs> version thereof. I don't know. <laughs> I like that the, the last uh, question he answered involved his wife. <laughs> so, like, oh, how soon we forget!
3: This is all in the abstract. This is all hypothetical, isn't it? You no. Know?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, Lauren. Which one would you go with?
2: Um, I'm going the same. Um, I think it might make me a little uncomfortable having someone take that much interest in me, but the physical discomfort I feel when I'm nervous, I just hate that feeling. And I don't think I could, I couldn't deal with that all day. You know, like your heart's racing, your palms sweating, like, uh, I can't stand that feeling. I hate it. So I'd rather just be around someone who's like making me uncomfortable being a little too interested, I think.
1: Okay. 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 All right. Again, like I think, I think both ways. You know, like it's it's a tough, awkward situation to be in.
2: None um, of these are good no, options, no. right? That's the point of the game. <laughs> that is, that is the <laughs> They're all supposed to be bad.
3: Yeah. I mean, you didn't give us the uh, the uh, option to hyperventilate and get a note from the nurse.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, call out sick.
1: No. Um, I kind of feel like I would go with A. I kind of feel like I would go with I would rather be the one that's nervous. Uh, thinking of some of the places that I've worked, it is uncomfortable. <laughs> It'd be more uncomfortable, I think, with somebody always kind of, like, following me around or always kind of keeping an eye on me. Maybe I just don't like to be watched. It's that criminal element that, that mothers warn their daughters about, uh, like... I don't want this guy to watch me, so, like, so I'm gonna go and be the person who's nervous because I feel like I can control that a little bit, or I could like somehow try to stay out of the line of fire. Maybe not floss with with floss or <laughs> tea bags. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm gonna go with A on that one. Um, all right. Next, the next one. Would you rather irritate a celebrity to the point of them punching you, or throw up on a celebrity you admire at work lauren which one of these two would you go with
2: okay so again both are terrible i'm not saying i want either one of these things but um i'm gonna go with throw up on a celebrity um because if you if you get punched you'll likely be wearing some sort of bruise or injury or something that people will continually ask you about for a while okay. and every time they ask you you have to relive that moment and that embarrassment whereas if you throw up on someone like well that's still terrible after you leave the situation it won't be so obvious to anyone who sees you
1: okay okay like as your friend I would bring it up all the time especially at parties <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know, but Tom, what do you think? Which would, would you rather uh, irritate one to punch you or throw up on one?
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd rather get the punch. Uh, like, uh, okay, so that's not great for me, but at least I didn't cause somebody to be throw. I feel like that's just real bad. Like, you throw up on someone—that's <laughs> that's bad news. That's no good. So, I, I I'd rather get punched than. And plus, that's kind of like a better story, you know? Like, yeah, oh, you know, uh, James Conn punched me, like. <laughs> Yeah. Can I tell you about the time James God punched me?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's actually yeah, like, that's a story that I'd want not you hear about the time I threw up on James. Threw Goddard. up on James. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think that's very very different.
4: Right.
1: Um, I <laughs> I think I have to go with the punch too. Again with the <laughs> with with as long as like not Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, you know, right? yeah Shaq. Vladimir
3: Klitschko. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: exactly right. You know, I don't even want it with uh, I don't even want it with any like the NBA NBA, especially if they got brothers like. Um, Gasols, the, the Morris twins, like, right. No, none of those guys. So basically, I guess if you're above six, four, I'm going to throw up on a celebrity. Yeah. Gonna take the punch. But I yeah. think that's going to be the cutoff point.
3: Dustin Hoffman. I'll definitely take that punch every time.
1: Every time, every single time. All right. Chuck Norris, that may no. Chuck Norris is the exception that proves the rule, right? Like Chuck Norris now, maybe Chuck Norris now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, going on to number four. All right, um, would you rather be considered a snob for your tastes in television shows or go to a sporting event with a super fan who will act like Jimmy? Lauren, who do you, uh, which one of those would you pick?
2: Um, I really don't think either one of these are terrible, but I'm going to go with the, the sporting event with a super fan who will act like Jimmy. <laughs> I thought it looked like a good time. <laughs> I don't think I'd feel very embarrassed by his actions. Might even get into it a little bit with him. Um, I don't think that's terrible.
1: I'm down. into it with him. That was the best statement (laughs) right there. Okay, I want to hear about the cheers you would develop in the routines as soon as 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 we're off air. Um, Tom. (laughs) Told you there's going to be
3: a dance component. Uh, (laughs) Uh, No, I think I would go with the uh, be considered a snob. Because, you know, screw you guys. (laughs) (laughs) like that's not that bad like whatever okay you think what you think that's fine I can't control that
1: that's fair that's fair I think I would rather go to a a sporting event with a super fan who'll act like Jimmy I think it's like they'll make me comfortable and then I'll really enjoy myself and kind of like Lauren I'll try to hype him up I don't plan on getting involved alright I don't plan on setting up a dance routine or anything like that but (laughs) uh, yeah I I don't think that's that's bad either I, I think that's actually kind of fun too yeah, yeah. Lauren likes it so much she's planning out all the things that she could do with the superfans. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, yeah, I guess that's the way to go.
0: I'm like, you didn't tell me to bring my spandex. <laughs> Come on, man. <Am. laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, and so our, our fifth consequence, so we could uh, round out the numbers correctly, uh, is that you would lose a trivia contest where you knew the answer to all of your opponents' easier questions all right basically being the catherine in that situation um that would drive me insane i'm not gonna lie very like, annoying that would drive me very really annoying <laughs> i'd be really is, upset
3: it's it's annoying especially if you get different questions like yeah. that 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 format is the most annoying type of trivia contest so yeah mm-hmm. it, that, that would definitely yeah. be annoying
1: i would say i do love that they had the cards be randomly selected by them so that you can't right. say that it was rigged was that was a great touch right there okay now that we've discussed the choices we're gonna do a quick draft and then we'll come back to let you know how everyone's day went all right welcome back we have drafted our choices and now we're gonna find out how adequate everyone's day was uh i'm gonna start with my day uh i started by being abnormally nervous around a guest or job shadow in the workplace all day Uh, I irritated a celebrity to the point of them punching me. Uh, And then I got to go to a sporting event with a super fan who's going to act like Jimmy James. All right. Not too terrible. Uh, Tom spent three and a half hours in an electronics store with a significant other buying a television. He is also considered a snob for his tastes in television. It's all related. (laughs) It's all related. And he threw up on a celebrity that he admires at work. Doesn't sound like a snap at all. <laughs> Doesn't sound. <laughs> Sounds like a guy you can go get a beer with. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lauren is going to have to watch C-SPAN live for eight hours straight, um, then have a guest or job shadow in the workplace take an abnormal interest in them all day, and then lose a trivia contest where you knew all the answers to all of your opponent's easier questions. However, you didn't throw up on anybody and that <laughs> makes you the winner of today's Marty Party Have an Adequate Day and your overall absolute
2: Award winner of the episode. <laughs> so, the bar is low. Just don't throw up on anyone.
3: <laughs> can avoid doing that. You're doing all right.
1: I think those are definitely words to live by, especially from somebody who has children. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you have any other final thoughts for your adoring fans?
2: Um, I'm gonna say uh, I'll be a good sport and I'm gonna bust out my spandex and cheer Tom on. You're gonna win one one of these days. Maybe try flossing with a tea bag and acting like a spaz to score yourself an agent. And if you're really mad about it, just throw a basketball through a window and light up a cigar in your boss's office.
3: <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I don't know if I like the, like the flossing and teabagging in this. Such <laughs> close.
2: How many times have we said teabag in this right episode? We'll say it a few more times.
1: <laughs> we hope you'll join us for a more informal discussion about the episode in part B. Until then, thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. Good night, pumpkin. But
0: a fuko to you, too. Pantyhose. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress podcast network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for abs of fever.